Over 100 years ago, as a warm tropical rain lashed at the beaches of Hushwave City, a ship pulled away from the docks on the beginning of its doomed journey. An exile watched from the shore, her hood tossed by winds and her hands clasped in front of her as raindrops ran down her face. And she stood there watching until the barrel green disappeared around the Cape. She could never return home, but she could send her efforts and her prayers with that doomed merchant vessel. Today, Cobb, Tissa, and Penelope, treasure in hand, have emerged from the place where those prayers died. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm Kat, I'm your hostess, and I've promised myself that I'm going to do a good normal intro. With me today are Kirsten, incapable of doing a good normal intro. I can never, no matter how hard I try. Hey, everyone. Nick, who, I mean, does his best. We have the treasure. It is ours now. <laughs> and Kathleen, whose intro skills are beyond doubt. <laughs> I am, did you? <laughs> you fills me up so well. <laughs> Her intro is just cackling. I love it. (laughs) It's good. It's excellent. So last time you guys got the treasure box and were gathered around a uh, kind of sphere of magical warmth that you'd built in the shade of a big old tree. My questions are as follows. Open box now. Open box later. Where sleep? Where party sleep for night? Now, now, now. Let's open the box now. Penelope can't wait. Yeah, Cobb is 100% trying to get this thing open. It is, it is well, may, maybe not as hard as he could, seeing as he is pretty beat up, but, like, as well as he can while he's, you know, holding his side. Tessa, meanwhile, is lying on the uh, sand or the dune grass or whatever there is under this tree and looking at all the pretty patterns in Pollyanna. Okay. All righty. She's, she's got some lovely furs. She's a very pretty pony. So, um, let's crack that bad boy open. All right. How are you cracking bad boy open? Um, I, what would I have brought? So we, I assume I have some kind of like short kind of pocket knife type thing. Um, it's not the greatest, uh, for, but I didn't really come prepared to open a box. But I'm going to try using my tinkering skill to um, see what I can do to kind of pry it open or get that lock. Okay. So, um, my, you're rolling tinkering and what's that? Understanding tinkering. Okay. So you're using what you know about how locks like this work to try to pop it open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give me a roll. I'm going to ask you for two probably. Because this is a very old lock. Ooh, one. Don't quite get it. You would have, what you tried, like, you did what you always do when you're trying to crack a lock open, but this is a lock of ancient design. So your usual approach, while you executed it flawlessly, isn't going to work this time. Hmm. And maybe the, uh, maybe, let's see here. What? This is, I've never seen one like this before. It's a little bit different. The tumblers are, hmm. Cobb, do you have... The, the, do the you, box mm. is not as important as what's inside. That's what we're here for. 
Rob is going to use adaptability melee weapons to try and just pry it open. <laughs> Smash it open. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. Cobb 100% has a knife that is perfectly good for this kind of thing. Yeah. Cobb got, uh, and Cobb is going to be taking all of these successes, one regular and two edge successes. Ah, crap. Here's my problem. If you're using a melee weapon to try to get a box open and you screw it up, there's pretty much one obvious consequence, right? We've all been there. (laughs) I guess we, the player care, we, the person playing the characters, hope that there's nothing uh, too, too fragile in there. Oh, no. What I mean is that, like, it careens out of control and cuts him. Oh, okay. Look, Cobb like, is still a little drunk and uh, and <laughs> and feeling very anxious after fighting a stupid monster. So his hands aren't aren't quite where they should be. But he'll get that stupid box open. Okay, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna gash yourself open there, and you're gonna lose the HP for it. But yeah, you you pop it open. Paul, uh, Penelope does her best to um, to medicine him up. I like rip off part of my like. Uh, shirt or something and kind of because I I don't have gauze but just to kind of wrap the wound up to keep it from you know bleeding everywhere okay so there is a resounding crack louder than the howling of the rain outside your little makeshift uh, magic shelter and the lid just comes clean off the hinges the wood splinters um there's blood on it now but the box is the box is open and it's lying in two halves like a shucked clam on the beach. Oh my gosh, Told you I just I get realized it open. something. It's like Nick in real life. Oh no. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I put a computer together once by kicking it. That's probably enough to get Tiss's attention. Like, I think that if my character here were drunk before and is now about to pass out from doing magic too hard... So she sort of just like, you know, that way she's like, uh, what, man? What's going on here? Kind of thing. It's like clearly something's happening. Yeah. Something is happening. You, uh, you untangle yourself from the patterns in Pollyanna's fur to see box open. What's in box? Inside the box, there is. Uh, what looks right now to just be a bundle of oilcloth. It's like several layers of oilcloth. Oh, oilcloth. Perfect. Oh, wait, they probably have something in them. I mean... Most likely. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Probably. Cobb is going to sort of like, while while nursing his his wounded hand, most likely, uh, try and open the oilcloth with the other. Or just like, okay. dig it out. Here, here, let me let me help you with that. Uh, let me. So there are a couple items inside this box. There is a small notebook. It's got kind of an embossed steering wheel on the cover. There is a locket that's made of, I mean, probably not gold, probably something plated because it seems to be coming off at the edges. And there is a large book 
easily the size of a cereal box. And we're doing, we're just right into this. I couldn't think of anything else. I tried. That pause was me trying to think of something else that's the size I'm imagining that isn't a cereal box. Right, it's so, about the size of a box of Cheerios. Okay. I was going to say corn pops, but we'll go with Cheerios. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie. Sponsors, please contact us at peachgardengames.com. I'm sure we have an email there. <laughs> Probably. I, I, will, I will 100% take free corn pops. Okay. There's no milk in there. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. Or Tissa is well, I am, but Tissa is interested in the book too. Hmm. Can we read it? Like is it in um the common language or Yeah. Okay. It's um you guys open this uh this ancient book and you can smell old resinous library glue. Yeah. The papers are not particularly well-worn, but smeared all over with ink and charcoal and what have you. The inside of the book is a mess, and handwritten on every page is just pages and pages of technical notes. Very involved technical notes. Some of the principles, I think... Pollyanna, you're the only one who took tinkering, right? Mm-hmm. No, Penelope. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do that too because I was like, um, yes, I took tinkering. I hate you. <laughs> you're the well, worst. Listeners, fun game. See how many times it was. <laughs> it's so many. <laughs> Kirsten's the worst. Okay, but um, Penelope's the only one who took tinkering, right? Cobb is not a very. Cobb uses adaptability melee weapons in place of tinkering. <laughs> Yeah. Smash it open. Smash it. So, um, Penelope, you can recognize some of the principles that are being written about here. These are these are mechanical notes. And while not all of them are within your area of understanding because it's extremely dense, there's like there's diagrams that show the interaction of parts in ways that you would recognize. And there are pages full of diagrams showing cogs and wheels and how they interlock and plates and things. Huh. Does it have like a, what's, is it like a water driven or does it kind of show what's powering them or just more the interaction of the? Mostly the interaction of the parts. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder what they were building. Oh no, they were building a transmission. Whatever it was, it looks pretty intricate. Hmm. Gears upon gears. Either that or it's a uh, gearbox. I'm not sure. It's there's pages of it. Um, is this the whole book like similar? Uh, seem to cover the similar project. Yep. Wow. Cobb is going to be somewhat disappointed as they found a big nerd book, <laughs> but uh... hey, it could be. It could be some. Uh, could could prove useful if I bring it to someone who knows more about who's more uh, versed in mechanics perhaps it could be useful maybe it's um, you know uh, some kind of thing for a factory even or something maybe I yeah I can't I I don't know the extent of the project but I'm sure some big nerd will pay big nerd dollars for it or whatever the what is the currency cat 
No, big nerd dollars. You got it. <laughs> okay. Got it. BND. <laughs> the Benz, they call it. Exactly. Horrible. I hate that. I hate that deeply. You guys are just deeply upsetting today. Too bad. It's canon now. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Cobb is going to check the journal, though, which he's going to assume is probably the captain's log. It is absolutely the captain's log. In that case, then, it is reading time. Yeah, it's marked in several places. The barrel green wasn't built for this voyage, and this captain seemed to have the helm of her for some time. Um, This particular voyage wasn't a long one. But uh, are you starting from the back there, or...? Uh, Cobb is going to turn to the first place that it looks like it's marked. Okay. Um, There seem to be markers placed just between journeys. The first mark is at the end of the first voyage of the Barrel Green, and right before setting out on the second. Well, then let's let's look at the last marker, because that's going to be the one that's probably the most interesting. Absolutely. The last marker tells about uh, man, I don't know, spaghetti. Uh, okay, give me a second. I Suddenly my brain flew right out my fucking ear. It's corn pops. Okay. You, fuck off. I, I couldn't think of anything else. This is why, why they pick bullying? out the big nerd dollars. Why are you cyberbullying me right now? Why? Okay. So the last section of the journal describes putting in at Hushwave City how excited the crew was to have a little shore leave to themselves. Hushwave City is gorgeous to outsiders, and this was a ship of outsiders. Most of the people aboard were from Rimeholt or from Stageport, but the ship's primary route seemed to be Rimeholt, the country of the far north. It also describes how they had agreed to take on cargo, primarily parts and a book that they had been well paid to keep safe and escort back to their homeland. It then goes into more or less a crew manifest and a reckoning of what exactly was in the hold at the time that they put away. Anything fancy in the hold other than a ghost? They didn't actually note any ghosts in the log, which is unusual because that's common practice. But there were three crates marked as various um, brackets, very heavy end brackets. There was there were several crates of weapons. That must have been what turned into that monster. And there were things like barrels of wine and provisions for the crew. Tissa's going to look up and look over at the ship. What's going on with that? Is it still sort of uh, on its merry voyage up into the sky? No, actually. It has started to... Either the coral has stopped wanting it to up, or um, the weight and the angle have just become too much for it. And the spire that was holding it up has begun to bend back down toward the ocean. Hmm. Hmm. Part of me is interested in looking at those gearboxes, but the other part of me doesn't want to go in the cargo hold again. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if anything like, like, uh, Cobb, you said that it was heading back towards Reinhold? 
Yeah, that was their their next spot was back up to Rhymehold, but hmm. I wonder. I haven't seen things of this scale before, but I haven't really been up to the far north uh, in, in to see what what's what's available there. If perhaps they have technology of this sort. Um, Right now, the former country of Rhymehold is a place called the Bright Waste. Uh, it's not mad inhabited. <laughs> there are scattered villages, but for the most part, the country was obliterated 100 years ago. Yeah, won't be finding much up there these days. So whoever was waiting for this never got it. Oh, so sad. But... Uh- Chafing, what chafing didn't like this volcanic chafing had problems here, and this is still a thing. I think, um, probably, right? Well, I've never known any of the Daedalus to change their mind, but uh. It looked like for the most part it's been taken care of. I don't really feel like going back up in there anytime soon, so. Mm, true enough. And if there's no one to give the the parts to, and I don't really know anywhere that these parts w- would specifically work for in, in our current, like in areas I've I've been before, it's probably best just to leave it to the sea. Well, before we before we pay our respects, um, what's in the locket? The locket just has a uh, a portrait, uh, a portrait of two men standing side by side. Something so sad about even if you don't know the people, when you look at like an old portrait, it, it makes you think about what their lives were, who they were. You know, it's almost like. This weird feeling of um, sentimentality for a life you were never part of. Mm. But this, yeah. the, this, the thing about stories is, is individual ones, and but you get to hear them, and so uh, it, it goes on, and it all flows together, and, and the new story grows out of the old one. And, and so mm. there's something to that, too. Hmm. Um, are you are you feeling okay, Tissa? You sound a little worn worn out. Uh, I'm okay. I'm fine. It's all. It, it, uh, it's, I'm going it's to. All good. Penelope's gonna roll understanding medicine just to see if she if she is fine. Do it. Two successes. Oh yeah, no, she definitely overdid it. Scatterwise, she's. Not entirely within her body right now. Here, um, I have some, um, it's not much, but it's back from on the beach. It's some coconut water. Uh, they, they told me that a coconut water is really good for like when you've exerted yourself. Mm. Thank, thank you. Okay. And she takes some, and I don't think that coconut water restores scatter, but it, it is nice. It is nice. Nice try, Kirsten. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, Penelope was was learning about the the herbs and medicines of the 
the local areas and was like, oh, this is supposed to be restorative. You know what else is restorative? Sleeping. Mm, it is getting late. It's mad late. It's way after dark. Yeah, let's let's take what we've got and let's head back into town. I could use a warm bed and maybe another drink. Sounds like a plan. Or we could sleep under the stars. It is a gorgeous night. Yeah, how far out of town are we? Um, you guys didn't have to walk far to get around the Cape. Uh, I mean, probably an hour and a half's walk at most. Tissa was probably planning on crashing tonight anyway, but I don't know if either of the other two have places to stay in town. Mm, Penelope doesn't really make reservations. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm cool with, with Cabin Under the Stars. Cobb would have had, like, some place that he was staying. Yeah, Cobb seems like he pays attention to these kinds of things. Again, Cobb enjoys money and spending it. Mm-hmm. All right. So Tissa sort of, like, back to half lying down. Is Cobb going to, like, press to try to go home? Cobb is going to sort of, like, get his stuff together and, like, motion towards it, bud. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Does do uh, does anyone need to be carried back? No, no I'm 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 good. I'm I'm good. It's it's cool. Just be cool. We're good. Here, come. Uh, Pollyanna makes a really nice pillow, and I motion to come like cuddle up with Pollyanna and like beside where I'm resting my head. All right, so I guess we are going to camp. Yeah, like, Cobb's going to go sleep inside. <laughs> are, are you going to be okay getting back to on your own? It's late, Cobb. Let's just chill. Oh, uh, I'm going to go chill back in my room with uh, a fresh bandage. Oh, you did hurt your hand. Well, little more than that, and Cobb's gonna kind of like cough a little bit there, just because. Uh... <laughs> Cobb points to his whole self, all of which has been injured. <laughs> <sighs> all right, um, here's what we're gonna do. Tissa, uh, I am going to uh, have Pollyanna fly you very gently back to town, and Cobb and I can walk. And um, we will meet you back in town. Uh, Cobb, where are you staying? A lot of people, especially rangers who come to Hushwave, stay at the Checkerboard Lodge, which is kind of the headquarters of the Volcanic Trackers. All right. Um, we'll meet you at Checkerboard uh, Checkerboard Lodge. We'll be there. We'll, we'll make our way as quickly as possible. Yeah, I'm over in, uh, I'm in the West Wing, room 12. Okay, so you guys rendezvous at the Checkerboard Lodge. It's an impressive building. It's the second largest in the city. It's called that because of the alternating pattern of white coral blocks and black kind of lava granite that make it up. So it has an extremely dramatic appearance. And it's divided into two wings, one of which is primarily a hospitality wing, and one of which is dedicated to the ongoing map-making efforts of the volcanic trackers. And you guys get a nice place to stay for the night. 
Are you guys just going to like crash for the night? Is there anything else you guys want to do? Cobb wants to go get a bottle of rum, probably. Yeah, good job, Cobb. <laughs> uh, I think Penelope's... Good Cobb job. <laughs> Penelope's going to just um, um, cuddle up. She's probably actually, once uh, they're settled in their room, she's probably going to sleep with uh, Pollyanna, where Pollyanna's staying. She's used to that. It's what she does. Yeah. And they've got a kind of a sheltered, I don't want to say stable, but kind of like a sheltered side area for beasts of burden and dear friends alike to hang out in. So mm. you can at least keep the rain off your head. Mm-hmm. Probably some soft hay kind of around. And So the next day, you all wake to find that the storm has abided, that the sky is bright and blue and clear and sunlit as if nothing had ever happened. The bastard. Everything is sparkling with overnight rain. And the people of Hush Wave City are out and about again because it is the second day of the festival. And everything hurts. Everything hurts. A good night's sleep will restore a person's scatter and will restore normal HP. So while Cobb is probably still pretty stiff, He's not in a danger zone right now. Cobb is just in a very uh, uncomfortable zone. So everyone in the city is out and about. There is a huge gathering at the beach. There are people swimming. There is a makeshift stage set up not far from the pier. There's laughter and music everywhere. There's ornaments hanging from most surfaces, and you can see a lot of the village's young people running around and either taking them down and running off with them or putting them back up, depending. The place where the feast was on the beach the previous night has been kind of cleared away for something of a square where people are gathered around watching something. There's a kind of sustained murmur from the crowd. You can see that the coral arm holding up the barrel green has snapped. And the barrel green has been lowered back to the ocean, and now there's a broken coral spire just hanging out in the bay. And today, the party resumes. The second day of the festival is given over primarily to games, to feats of strength, to contests. There's also kind of impromptu beachside markets as people lay out blankets with varieties of wares. There are people who have taken to swimming to the wreck. And so some of these blankets have got bits and pieces of detritus. Um, Some of the fossilized goods from the section of the barrel green that had been encased in coral. Somebody managed to crack open one of those boxes, and there are some, I mean, not particularly well taken care of ancient weapons spread out. So now my question is, what do you guys want to do at the party? Penelope's going to kind of browse around, check out what's on the the blankets, Um, just kind of mingle a bit. Uh, but mostly make her way towards what the center kind of stage area or like that, see what's going on there. 
Okay. What about Tissa and Cobb? Are they partying? Cobb is partying soft because Cobb is still really not feeling great from, you know, getting his ass completely kicked. Yeah, party it's, soft, party soft. It's <laughs> not the it's not the first time it's happened. But it hurts every time. How good are the is the are the performances dancing or music or whatever because Tissa's going to be conflicted because she really wants to talk to find a tracker and talk to her about like Hi, hi. I think that your patron has a beef with this thing that just came out of the bay yesterday. And I have feelings about that. But on the other hand, like dancing is really, really nice. The answer is, I'm not sure how you're going to respond to this. The answer is um, pretty strictly amateur because it seems to be a community affair. So it's not so much that they've got professionals up there as everybody's kind of dancing well, together. that's just as good. It's a different type yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's like... Yeah, there's kind of, um, there's somebody who appears to be a celebrated musician of some kind taking solo on a song that everyone in the crowd knows and is singing along to. Oh, nice. There is some kind of contest in which people see how long they can carry a particular boulder, which has been painted with, uh, with bright colors and designs for the occasion. There appears to be an eating contest. Ooh, there are people out in the bay having swimming races. What are they eating? Is it like a and, and how much you can eat or like how spicy you can eat? Um <laughs> I was I was gonna say how much, how fast, but I gotta tell you, bud, you've uh, you've inspired me. <laughs> um so primarily like one of them seems to be a speed affair. There are some pastries set out. They kind of, they look like little flowers and um, just kind of seeing how fast one can eat them. But there is also definitely a, uh, a hot pepper eating contest. Yeah. Ooh. Penelope's going to join. She's going to try it out? Yes. Okay. So now here's my question for you, you ding dong. Mm-hmm. What skill combination do you think best describes eating a hot pepper good? <laughs> Daring and what would be a good skill? I mean, survival is more about like. Uh, do you have focus? I do not. <laughs> Penelope doesn't focus. Uh, I will allow either daring focus or subtlety humanity. <laughs> To pretend it doesn't hurt. Ooh. All right. Um, could I go with, could I just do a straight daring or that one, it has to be like daring focus or subtlety humanity kind of thing? I mean, I guess you can just roll daring, but that would be the same as rolling daring focus, right? Because your focus is zero? Yes. Okay. True enough. So I could, yeah, since my focus. Mathematically, you don't gain anything by not adding focus. All right. Uh, I'm going to straight up daring this because my focus is not. Okay. So, uh, Cub, Tissa, you see uh, Penelope just suddenly raise her hand in the air. Just me too. 
me too, I'm going to do this, um, and runs up to an area of the square where there are a small handful of people seated at a big old long table. And somebody who's dressed in just big, loud, extremely aggressively loud clothes ushers her into a chair at this table, which is heaped high with peppers of all colors, really. Uh, They're not all red. Uh, Many of them are green. There are some of them that have kind of a blackish-purple tint to them. So, I got one success and two edge. (laughs) Oh, jeez. On just straight daring? Yes. Three successes is probably going to be enough to win the contest. But you're definitely going to feel like absolute garbage for a couple days. Do you power through for glory? For glory, that'll like wipe me out for several days. Mm, You know what? I'm going to say maybe I make it a good portion of the way through. But so like maybe I'll feel like garbage for a while but not several days um, but I don't win win. So you're trying to take one edge success, make a good showing but not turn yourself into a flaming garbage pile. Yeah. So basically like okay. for the rest of today I'll probably have like the worst feeling in in my tummy but yeah. Okay. So you, you start eating the peppers, and they have distinctly different flavors. Some of them have kind of a sweet undertone. Some of them are quite, quite bitter. That purple one has like a sour, almost pickly taste to it. Um, and I think unsurprisingly, it is the purple one that gets you. And um, once you've taken a big old bite of that bad boy, you get a feeling first in, in your chest, and then right in your diaphragm and you realize that you've done a crime to your body. You've done a crime to your body and it's not going to forgive you. And in that moment that you hesitate to pay for your crimes, the young man the young man beside you wolfs down several more peppers and is declared the winner. <gasps> As is has his hand hoisted in the air by the MC, gives a cheer, the audience gives a cheer. They put kind of a flower crown on his head and it's got little peppers in it. He's the king of the hot pepper eating contest. And you, you are a fool. Oh, I don't get the pepper crown. But you were not the worst at peppers. I made it part of the way. Yeah. There was a there was another young man at the table who like ate one and was like, nope, shit, I can't. <laughs> So Penelope just was like, <laughs> she's kind of hiccuping a bit now because like, oh, it, she she did a bad to, to her system. But yeah. I try to like slink away before the hiccups get too, too noticeable for everyone. But people <laughs> hear it because she's not subtle. <laughs> so uh, Cobb, Tissa, are you proud of her now? I. Uh- Tissa definitely is like a a thumbs up or some sort of like appreciative gesture from the crowd. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, Cobb, Cobb is very proud, <laughs> but <'Cause> mostly sore. <laughs> mostly sore. 
So my next question is Tissa, what are you doing at the what are you doing at the festival? I think that Tissa flits around a bunch um and is is having a good time, but like it keeps nagging on her. It's like, uh, uh I need to talk to a tracker. I just need to talk to a tracker. And uh so I think that probably what she ends up doing is at some point in the afternoon, just can't take it any longer, goes back to the hotel, to the mapping room, and, like, just kind of bursts in and, like, finds the first person who looks like they're they're going to listen and says something effective. Uh, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I think I found a book that that Chafing didn't like. My well, I I didn't find it. it was it was me and and um and and read you you know also from out of town um but but as help and I'm going to do daring humanity to that <laughs> very good very good one success in one etch I mean. I think one success is what it would take to just throw open the door and start sputtering. <laughs> I, think you, I think if you keep that edge success, I'd have to make you retcon how you said it. <laughs> no, no, I think that that's how it, that's pretty much how I imagine it going. <laughs> so there's um, there's a handful of people in the room. They're kind of all gathered around just a big old chalk slate where people are sketching out what they know to be the current environs of Hushwave City. And they kind of, blink at you and there's a sustained moment of like what I mean I mean what <laughs> and then there's um um no I need NPCs uh heck with it so there's a shortish woman standing relatively close to you she's in late middle age, it looks like she's got long, fair hair that's bleached almost to white at the front, and it's tied up in uh, kind of a sensible but extremely messy ponytail. And she had been like leant over this slate with chalk in hand. And as you burst in, she turned to look at you. She's still kind of holding the chalk. And in that moment of silence, she sets it down with an audible click. Yeah, no, no, that's probably enough to catch Tissa's attention and, like, like sees if she can glom onto this person. And she motions to a chair. There's a, there's a chair nearby, near, I mean, it's not a bookshelf like you would see in a library or even in a particularly well-learned person's study. This bookshelf is almost all like loose papers and notebooks and journals. And I mean, it's a mess. And she gestures to a chair beside the bookcase. She takes the chair next to it, leans forward on the backs of her hands with with her elbows on her knees and says, what was it you were saying? So did, did, did you guys see the, the ship come out of, come out of the bay yesterday? She nods, and there's a yep from from across the room there. Okay, yeah. So, so me and 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 um and and Red and I think that his I think his name is Cobbler. 
we we were checking it out because I guess why not? And um, so we were in there, and um, the the coral spirit sank that ship a long time ago, and inside the ship mm. there were some books, and we fought a horror, and. I don't know. It seems kind of like a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. I see. Yes, that sounds like it's a big deal. I'm actually going to also see if I noticed Tissa um, leaving. If I guess I'd be like sensitivity humanity. Go for it. Two successes. Yeah, you definitely spot Tissa. Just... Um, Staring around, suddenly, as if struck by lightning, making a decision, and then beelining back to the lodge. Okay. I would say I'd follow her, but I'm probably just, like, off in the sidelines, being as I feel really, really gross. (laughs) Okay. So I'm probably, like, in a waiting lobby or something, or... So the woman who's sitting across from you kind of gestures a little bit to the wall and says, the coral spirit takes and returns many, many things and has for as long as anyone can remember. That there was a horror there is unusual. You said it was defeated, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I stabbed it a couple of times. Mm, I see. And what did you say you found aboard the ship? We, uh, there was a lot of stuff. I think that there was some of it out outside at the at the market, but we found, um, we found some, frankly, like really well preserved books, manifests, and something mechanical. I don't know. She kind of, she looks around and there's just a room full of shrugs and blank looks. Like, I don't, I don't know. Nobody seems to have any thoughts about this. And they exchange a couple looks before she resumes her humming and her (laughs) nodding. Mm. Um, You may be right. That said, and she pauses and she stares into space for a moment. Even for us, it can be difficult to understand volcanic chafing. Mm. Maybe especially for us. And there's a there's a chuckle from the slate, and somebody kind of goes back to tic-tacking away at it with the chalk, trying to draw out the outline that the bay has today. Well, mm. um, okay. Thanks, I I guess. You'll be staying here a while, yes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? I think I know someone who might be able at least to tell you more about what's in that book. So once I find them, I'll direct them to you. Okay. The Mr. Cobbler you mentioned is staying on the West End. Room 12. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're good. Take care, Miss... Uh, Tissa. Brid, and she holds a hand out to you. Brid. 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 
Thank you. Good to meet you. A pleasure. And she she gets back up out of her chair and returns to the chalk that she shed that she set down. And so Tissa kind of leaves, maybe slightly not not sheepishly, just sort of like goes on and is muttering the word "bread" to herself over and over. Do you return to the rest of the party like that? Probably. I okay. uh, I get up as I see her walk through the lobby. I'm like, oh, oh, you you went a little too fast for me right now. As as I clutch my stomach, kind of like, ugh. But I'm also trying not to show that I'm clutching my stomach, but again, not very good at hiding it. Brid. Brid. Brid said that there might be someone who knows what the deal with that book is, and I think I feel better now. Oh, okay. Well, that's what you came here for. I, I, I had no idea. I just noticed you had kind of took off the... Uh, so I was like, oh, what's what's up? I had nothing better to do, so I came along. You've got to keep the plot moving. Where's Cobb here? Cobb is just kind of like, he's he's hanging around, like, the festivities probably just, uh, probably went out and looked to see if he can't find some sort of like local pain killer or something like that. Something other than rum. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, rum rum doesn't rum doesn't work in the morning. Everybody knows this. A lot of well, you're contradicting the wisdom of my ancestors. But um most of the shops are closed. However, there is a little pharmacy that's open. I think they recognize that I mean people get sick all the time. And they've got a they've got a tea for you. That's good. Cobb, Cobb is going to purchase that with some of his uh, current leftover leftover monies, which I'm he is probably rapidly running out of. But maybe maybe we can't do something with the uh, with the book or the the locket. Not as glamorous. He was hoping for some gemstones in there, but you know. Oh, I've decided not to give you them. We didn't recognize anyone in the locket. Hey, it wasn't the guys we saw. It was. In- it was? Oh. Okay. Yes. Yes, it was. So now my question is, so Cobb, are you participating in the festival at all, or are you just going to take some meds and try to try to heal thyself? Cobb is going to participate in the festival, like, but kind of on the, the outskirts. You know, may, maybe hang around the refreshment table a little bit. Like, regale anybody who's willing to listen to him about the the, the their brave adventure into the ship where... He totally fought two ghosts. It was it was rad. You should have been there. Wow. The coolest. And there's definitely like there's some young people who are real excited about this and they keep casting glances over at the bay uh around the cape where the coral arm is still kind of visible. Just like, yeah, wow, such excitement such excitement could be waiting for them around the corner. Is is Cobb a particularly good storyteller? Um Cobb is actually not that bad. All right. He's better at singing, but he can he can weave a good story if he feels like it. I feel like it's part of being a, a sailor. You got to be able to to weave a tale. Now, Cobb Cobb is bad at say for instance like, you know, to to maybe get subtle jabs in at somebody, but he can embellish the hell out of a story. That's our Cobb. <laughs> Absolutely. Is Cobb good at telling the truth? Cobb is very good at telling the truth. 
Great. Glad to hear it. Cobb is better at telling the cool truth, however. <laughs> there's the truth and then there's the cool truth. Yeah. Okay. The cool truth is cooler. You, you want the cool truth. It's true. That's, I mean, by definition. Around dinner time. Um, you guys going to all have a nice dinner together? Yeah. Me and Tissa, I assume we go back and find Cobb once back at the festivities, once Tissa delivered the message to, to Bread. Just like before, there's an impressive feast set out on the beach. There's torches being lit as the sun begins to go down. There's roast game and fruits of any number of descriptions. There's somebody mixing up those fruit salad drinks you guys were enjoying the night before. Oh, so lovely. The sun is beginning to set over the beach. And as you guys find a spot to sit and enjoy whatever it is you guys have taken from this buffet table, someone approaches you. He's a tall man, probably about as tall as Cobb, broad with a the broad square jaw. He's got kind of a fair complexion, but very, very dark hair and eyes. And he's dressed kind of stiffly. He's certainly not from around here. And he's not really quite the festival spirit. And he takes a seat next to you and he says, Mr. Cobbler, it's been a while, hasn't it? Not long enough, sometimes. Pleasure to see you again. Yes, and this is, for those of you who listen to Cat's Cradle... This is Commander Marcus Withstan, and you have worked with him in the past. He's an enduring crusader. He's an excellent navigator and one of the few people who can thread the shoals and icebergs of the northernmost section of the western coast. Nice to see you, too. With it could be under better circumstances. You will have to pardon me. I'm feeling a little... Uh, a little under the weather, shall we say. Mm. He kind of nods. The tropics will do that. It's not the tropics that I'd worry about, but... Uh, mm. Hi, hi. Are, are, you, are you Bred's person who she talked about? Why, yes. Um, Bred sent me, said that there was a book in your possession that would be of interest to me. Oh, my apologies. Commander Marcus Woodstep. Aurora Legion. You are? Uh, yes, uh, this is, um, um, this is Pollyanna and, and her, and her, and her cavalier, Red, whose name is... Penelope. Oh, Penelope, sorry. It is a pleasure to meet you both, he says with absolutely unfazed genuineness. (laughs) He... Does not even blink. <laughs> I uh, I take out the book and I guess this is the book. Um, it it mm. looks like it's on about something mechanical, super intricate gear work. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it would be for, but yeah, we found your instruction manual there, Marcus. Yeah, and it looks like it was going. To, it was heading up towards the the North Shores on the way when the ship went down. Hmm. And he he starts thumbing through the book, but he's he's looking up. He's making he's making conversation. He's looking up at you, and 
kind of paging through the book bit by bit. Now, um, Mr. Cobbler, he says, and he closes the book and he sets both his hands on, on top of it. We have been acquainted for a long time, you and I. And though I wouldn't venture to say I uh, know you on any particularly deep level, I do know you well enough to ask the following question. What do you want for it? Now that is the right question to ask. What's it for? This, Miss Penelope, is schematics for an automaton. Like... Like on the veldt? Like the kind that are still buried on the veldt, yes. Oh. They were made by human hands. They were designed by human engineers. Whoa. You, you think they can be built again? I think that this is the most complete set of schematics I have ever seen for one. And although I'm not the expert engineer in my core, even I can see that this is more complete than... Uh, than what we've gathered thus far. Hmm. I am still stuck on the fact that that a, 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 a coral spirit sank that ship, and and not just like with with like prejudice. It was mad, and there was a horror in that ship, and. This is not just anything. Mm. There are horrors anywhere where wars have been fought. There are countless horrors under the bright wastes. Horrors beyond number. And the Coral Spirit also brought this back up. Ah, it did, it did. I don't know. Um, you know what? Thank you for, for, for talking to us, Marcus, but perhaps perhaps we, we, we need a moment. Let, we'll, we can discuss it together. Of course. I'll leave you guys to it. Before I do, though, I have another question for you, Mr. Cobbler. Have you got a ship? Not yet. That's what I thought you'd say. Good evening, everyone. And he stands and he gives a somewhat stiff bow. He definitely does not fit in here, but he's doing his best and returns to his logic. And that, I think, is where we're going to call it today, guys. Cobb has one last thing to say when Marcus leaves. He sort of turns to everybody and say, what do you think? Think it's worth at least a cutter? Maybe we can, maybe we can get a schooner out of him. I gotta give it some thought. There's no, it's memory time. I've declared it. Uh, I I gotta say, I I, I like I liked the contest. <laughs> that, that was, was fun. fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I liked that you chose to lose. I thought for sure you would take a win on that. <laughs> uh, no, I wanted. I, I part of me wanted to, but then I'm like, uh, I, I, it's more about. It's more that I just wanted to to be up there. Just say I was part of it. 
<laughs> so I kind of feel a little bit bad about being the player who's just mashing B through your cool tutorial zone. <laughs> no, you're doing fine. <laughs> you're doing fine. We, we're on pace right now, so I'm not concerned. We're on pace to get Cobb a rad boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that your memory? <laughs> I, I guess that that's maybe a little... Can that can that be my memory, or, or should I have a different one too? Mashing B. It's it's a this, there was a cool there was a cool tutorial zone full of mini games, and I wanted the plot instead. <laughs> Nick, memory time. Uh, I I I actually like Marcus a lot. <laughs> I think Cobb is. Less pleased with him, but I don't think they're. An, I don't think they're outwardly antagonistic. Maybe rivals. <laughs> I think is, is a good direction to take. Respectful rivals, or that is exactly what these two had in mind when we were building this character. So I'm glad to hear that they set out to make a rival for Cobb. So this is this is good. Okay, <laughs> guys, guys, you all did great. You all did great, and I'm proud of you, but that's not nearly enough. Oh, no. We need more memories. Like, collect them all? You know I'm terrible at remembering things. I know that, yeah. Which means there's only one person we can turn to. You, the listener. Hi, it's me, Kat. You may recall me from the podcast you're listening to right now. Well, we would hope so. Nick! If this is the first one you're listening to, this is Kat. She's our GM. <laughs> if you're listening to it backwards to find the hidden satanic messages, first of all, first of all, kill your family. Second of all, hi, I'm Kat. <laughs> this is the worst thing we've ever done. Um, what I'm trying to say is that we want to hear your stories, too. Obviously, if you've tried Heroic Chord, if you've downloaded it, if you've made a character, we would love to hear about your character. And especially, we would love to hear about their story. And failing that, your RPG stories. What moments have you had around the table that really meant something to you? We'd love to hear about it. Hit us up at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter or use the forum at peachgardengames.com and let us know. And we'll read out your story as part of a future memory time. We have a forum? Form. Uh, form. Form. The um is not part of it. Oh. I added out most of the ums. Oh, okay. Not all of the ums. You have to have like a certain amount of ums to make the human speech work, I think. Mm-hmm. Or you sound like a video game. <sighs> Sound like a video game, and we'll read it on the air. <laughs> Just hit us up at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter, or use the form on uh, PeachGardenGames.com. Thanks, guys. No, no form though. I that I am a little sad about that, but <laughs> this isn't <laughs> this isn't 2002. If you're on the Twitter, let us know how much Penelope has influenced your character. <laughs> A lot? I or dare you. You know what? Super a lot. You know what? I dare you. I actually dare you. All the cool kids are doing it. 
literally none of the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> but you can change that. Be the first cool kid. Okay, no, we're done. You know what? Goodbye, listener. I- I'm sorry about them. Goodbye. I'm sorry about these guys. Okay, well... Thank you all for playing with me, and thank you at home for joining us. You can catch us at peachgardengames.com or at sortofsymphonies.com. They point to the same thing, so I'm not going to know which one you use. You can check me out on Twitter at peachgardenrpgs. Play along with us. Let us know what you think. And thanks for joining us this week. Bye, Zs. Bye, guys. And don't forget to eat your cereal. <laughs> you absolutely... Every time... <laughs> Ich bin